Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You are listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, Blog Talk Radio Show, founded to increase the national awareness of black women in the construction industry. NABWIC is the charge and takes the charge for black women to advocate for further opportunities to its members. Our mission as a core foundation is to strengthen the building blocks of new educational, entrepreneurial, professional, and social network connections. The vision of NABWIC is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations and individuals that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions for black women in construction and their respective communities. We invite you to call or text or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Yes, indeed. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to NAPWIC Talks this beautiful Wednesday morning. I am Jada Williams, your national NAPWIC Talks radio chair and your host for today. Of course, I have to ask you to like, follow, and share, just like the commercial just said, on all your different social media platforms that you are hanging out with NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and or, of course, head over to our website at www.nabwic.org. Engage with us. Hit that red Join Now button so you can join us at the CBC in your red NAVWIC shirt. <laughs> of course, of course, it's always a great Wednesday here. We have an absolutely amazing show planned today. And as well in the studio, we have no other than Miss Ann McNeil, the master builder herself, and Jackie Perry of Sula 2. No. I'm too excited. It's not Jackie Perry of Sula, too. I'm used to having <laughs> Oh, gosh. That's too much coffee on that shit this morning, Miss Ann, in the studio. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is no other than Ursula Oldham. I'm sorry. Let's run that back. This is Good Morning, Good Morning, my lovely Miss Jackie Perry of JP and Associates. How are you doing this morning, Miss Ann? Help me out in the studio. Listen, Jada, I tell you, every week, if I were any better, I would still be you today. With that level of energy, how could it be any other than right on target? Because we all talk so much until we're starting to look alike and sound alike. And so I'm going to bring it down just a little bit slower so some of us can catch up this morning. Hi, my name is Ann McNeil, and I am the Master Wealth Builder, helping you to build a stronger and better life and business. And as the founder of the National Association of Black Women in Construction, I'm excited today with Jada to talk about the billions of dollars of opportunities in ports, especially Florida ports. 
did you know that there are actually 15 public seaports in Florida, and they play a critical role in all of our lives, and they continue to drive our economy, especially for NABWIC members. When you think about the billions of dollars that they bring to the state in many, 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 many different ways. And so today, our special guest, Doug Wheeler, and others will share some opportunities and some information about our ports with an S, because Doug is the Florida Ports Council president. But I want to just make sure that all of you listening understand that the National Association of Black Women in Construction, our vision, I want to continue to mention this every single chance I get, because I think that when you understand that we're the voice of black women in construction, and our vision is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations like yours and first-rate individuals like you, as you're listening to us, that will provide groundbreaking and innovative solutions to not just black women in construction, but all of our partners and our members in our respective communities. And as you remember, organization was founded to increase the national awareness of black women in this industry, but also to increase our opportunities because our desire is to take contacts and turn them into contracts. So, Jada, let's get this party started. As always, yes, indeed, let's get this party started. And before we take off again, Ms. Ann, you know I love to get super excited up here. Um, let me just give you guys a friendly reminder. You want to party with us, hang out with us, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. Our next billion-dollar luncheon in aviation opportunities is coming up. It is June 9th, next Wednesday. If you cannot remember the number, just remember NABWIC loves the second Wednesday of the month for our national billion-dollar luncheons, where we are bringing you, like Ms. Ann just said, our guest speakers, our women in spotlight, plenty of different networking opportunities, and, of course, putting you in the main room with the individuals and resources that are bringing and have a billion dollars in aviation opportunities for you. And also, our next um, woman in spotlight, you don't want to miss this sister. I I don't want to give it all away. But if you've ever heard of a Miss Angela Gittins, yes, you want to attend this next billion-dollar luncheon on June 9th so you can learn more and get more information and connect with rock stars in the industry. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and then listen in to Mr. Doug Willer and Aisha speak on a billion dollars in port opportunities. 
We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Yes, and we are back. Hey, again, get your notebooks out, your pen and pad, and get ready to take some amazing notes as you listen in to Mr. Doug Willer and Aisha. And also, write down the name Angela Gittins. Go look her up. Social media, LinkedIn. Hey, she is going to be an amazing feature at next week's Billion Dollar Luncheon, along with our guest speaker. Let's tune in. To give some special greetings, we have an amazing gentleman that we would like to bring. Just give us a greeting and an overall understanding of what happens at the Florida Ports Council. And so if I could have Ms. Shamel Mattis, please prepare to introduce our next speaker. We're going to give us some greetings from the port. Good morning. So it's with pleasure that I introduce Mr. Doug Wheeler, um, and we want to thank you for doing the blog talk radio. So Mr. Doug Wheeler serves as the president and CEO of the Florida Ports Council, a nonprofit corporation that serves as a professional association for Florida's 15 public seaports and their management. The FPC provides leadership, advocacy, and information on seaport-related issues before the legislative and executive branches of the state and federal government. Mr. Wheeler has more than 20 years of governmental affairs and association leadership at both the state and federal level, where he held previous positions with associated builders and contractors, and more recently, the Florida Chamber of Commerce, where he served as Vice President of Grassroots Advocacy and Political Action Development. Under Mr. Wheeler's leadership and management of Florida's largest federation of businesses, associations, and local chambers of commerce, encompassing more than 139,000 grassroots members, the Chamber works aggressively and effectively to represent the interests of business in Florida. Mr. Willard, thank you so much for joining us today, and please bring greetings. Great. Thanks so much. I need to make a note to myself to cut that bio a little bit, but thank <laughs> you for the great introduction. Uh, yes, so I'm, I'm Doug Wheeler. I'm President and CEO of the Florida Ports Council, and it's so great to be here today. Uh, I know you guys are in for um, some, really, some really good information, some great presentations um, from some of my colleagues in, in the port world. Um, and as mentioned, the council represents uh, Florida's 14 deepwater seaports. Uh, these stretch from the Panhandle to the Keys, um, you know, providing leadership through a collective voice in the areas of uh, advocacy and, and research and data and uh, marketing communications. 
Seaports really are essentially catalysts for commerce. Um, our maritime activities at our ports in Florida are generating $86 billion in trade annually, uh, meanwhile supporting more than 900,000 jobs. Uh, in addition, these activities are generating more than $4 billion in, in local state tax revenues, um, and, and overall generating more than $117 billion in economic activity. That's about 13% of the state's GDP. So uh, you can see why that's important and how our, our seaports are such contributors to our economies. Um, you know, all the while they're linking these, these local communities to vital national and international markets. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, our system of seaports brings a really diverse set of seaports. Um, they really vary in every component, size, scope, structure, types of cargoes, uh, many of them focusing on niche cargoes or services. Uh, there really isn't a cargo that our, our ports can't handle. Um, significant, uh, surely, but, I, you know, I think uh, this is – all great news, right? Some of this data that I've shared with you from an economic standpoint is great news for Florida, but we know that there are still plenty of opportunities to be captured. Uh, you look at a state like Florida that has over 21 million residents. Uh, I think there, we're back to a thousand people a day moving to this state. Um, we usually see, you know, more than 120 million visitors annually. So there's this huge consumer market built, you know, right in our backyard. And in these residents, these visitors, that's what they are, they're consumers. Um, and so in response, the state has uh, made seaport infrastructure investment a priority uh, and directed record levels of funding for strategic infrastructure funding. Uh, this continues today under Governor uh, DeSantis. Um, uh, you know, these are in excess of a billion dollars. Um, so uh, seaport infrastructure continues to be a priority for the state. As a matter of fact, the, the port investments, the five-year cumulative uh, capital improvement plan for Florida seaports, is just over $3 billion. Um, I think that's uh, quite robust in, in, in spite of uh, the fact that, you know, some of our ports are really feeling some of the uh, consequences from the pandemic. But those largest planned investments uh, are for cruise terminals, accounting for about 35, 37% of that $3 billion. Um, cargo terminals are about 20% of that. Of course, channel hardening and deepening is, um, is also significant, as well as birth repair um, and then other structures coming in at about 5%. So, but these are really focused on connectivity and capacity. And that's really what, you know, we're trying to do in terms of meeting growth. Um, our ports are facilitators. Um, and so to provide the infrastructure necessary uh, to move trade as well as passengers is, is a critical part of what our ports are trying to do um, in a unique environment where they're kind of having to work within a private industry. Um, and so, uh, you know, whether it's making sure that our ports have what they need on the land side to deal with uh, containers or passengers or what they have to deal uh, with on the water side relative to uh, the, the, the trend that larger ships continue to, to call on our ports. Um, you know, or once we get it off the port, do we have a way to get it to its final marketplace for, for the end consumer? And these are all parts of, um, you know, our port officials monitoring the pulse of both the shipping industry, as well as as the um, uh, as as the you know pulse of the community. So, uh, look, I could go on and on and on. I uh, I won't today because uh, today is, is learning a little bit more, taking a deeper dive, uh, and certainly uh, some of the future speakers uh, that you're going to hear from today are going to do that. Uh, I really appreciate uh, you, you allowing me a few minutes just to kind of give a quick uh, snapshot of what I consider to be uh, a very dynamic system of seaports, um, a real catalyst for commerce, and, and really 
um, continuing to help uh, build Florida's uh, reputation as the, a global gateway to the Americas. So, uh, again, thank you to NABWIC. Thank you to uh, Ms. Ann McNeil. And uh, I wish everybody a, a great program for the rest of the day today. Thank you. So next we um, have a very special event that we do at each and every one of our lunches. We understand the importance of recognizing women in the workplace and specifically black women in the workspace. So we are honored today because we have a trailblazer, a real innovator that takes time to serve us. And so we would like to ask if Ms. Vanessa Collins if you would take the time and please our amazing woman in the spotlight that we are recognizing today. You know, it is a great pleasure and honor to be able to introduce our woman in the spotlight, Ms. Aisha Ethelston. She is definitely a trailblazer. She currently is director of National Container Accounts for Jacksport, which is the Jacksonville Port Authority. And she is responsible for the development and growth of container volumes and revenue at Jacksport. And uh, this is especially important to uh, our community as it relates to container revenues that most specifically help the International Longshoremen's Association Union 1408, which uh, Jacksport works most closely with. I am so delighted that she has steadily progressed to this level of senior management such that she is integral to what goes on not only at Jacksport but uh, in uh, the seaport of Jacksonville in general as it relates to our union, International Longshoremen's Association 1408. It is also especially gratifying that Ms. Edmondson got her start at HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. She started at Clark Atlanta University. She also matriculated and got a degree at Edward Waters College. And then from there, she advanced her skill base uh, through certifications at University of North Florida and Florida State College at Jacksonville. She's extremely active in the Jacksonville community. She has volunteered with Big Brothers and Sisters of America since 2007. She is the immediate past chapter president of COMPTO, which is the Conference of Minority Transportation Officials. Currently, she is chair of the Emerging Leaders Subcommittee for COMPTO. And again, COMPTO, is the Conference of Minority Transportation Officials. And most importantly, I want to mention that uh, she was recently named by Jacksonville Business Journal as a top 40 under 40. So I'm introducing you to a very youthful and very accomplished NABWIC woman in the spotlight. Ms. Aisha Eggleston, take it away. Wow, uh, thank you so very much, Vanessa. Um, hopefully everyone can hear me okay, but that was incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm very honored uh, to, to be on this call today. 
it means a lot, you know, when, when you can be recognized in this way, especially by such a wonderful organization as NABWIC, uh, what you all stand for, the great work you're doing to, to build and promote businesses and business opportunities. I just think it's wonderful. Um, so first, really, just my sincere thanks to NABWIC for thinking of me in that way and, and, and featuring me this month as a woman in spotlight. So um, it's, it's a great time for Florida ports in general, right? So we've got some other, um, you know, ports are on the line. We've got Florida Port Council support. So it's unprecedented times in a lot of ways, right? So just in our society in general, and we continue to see major population growth throughout the state of Florida, which also our ports grow with as well to support um, you know, the, the, the consumers that are now coming into this area. So it's just um, also honored to just do this work for the Port Authority. Uh, we are economic engines for this state, every port in the state of Florida. Um, and so it's, it's just a, it's a good place to be. It's a good time to be here. And it's a lot of work still to do. And I'm, I'm very honored and happy to do it. But again, thanks so much for this amazing recognition. And um, just look forward to what else this year has to offer and, and continuing to support NABWIC, your programs, as well as your membership. So thank you very much. Well, we want to thank you and uh, for making yourself available to accept this recognition. Um, it is so deserving. And I mean, we're just grateful for all that you've accomplished. We, oh my gosh, we are up here really giving away all of the tea. So we hope you are enjoying this sneak peek inside NABWIC's Billion Dollar Luncheon. You know, you ask, NABWIC delivers. So please go and register, and you can go to Eventbrite and look up NABWIC the National Association of Black Women in Construction, and you will find all of our listed events, especially our next June National NABWIC Billion Dollar Luncheon in Aviation Opportunities. And that is June 9th, next Wednesday, and you don't want to miss out. So, you know, we are doing our best to deliver you the resources and information that you are asking for. We are going to take one more quick commercial break and then come back and listen to Mr. Jonathan Daniels of Port Everglades, a billion-dollar opportunities in Port can't get any better greetings than that. my name is Kimley Naylor and I am the owner of Nail Wright Construction Company I am also president of the National Association of Black Women in Construction and we are proud to celebrate women in construction I'm very proud to have formed a company that allows for employment opportunities in communities, black communities, to help elevate economic stability and wage increases so that we as black women can continue to empower our communities. I'm excited to be a member of NABWIC because it allows us to shape history. It allows us to empower women to know there is a platform in construction that is vital to the wealth transfer into black communities across this nation. My name is Kimley Naylor, and please join us in celebrating 
Women in Construction. So what we're going to do next is bring another presenter who's going to do an introduction. And this young lady is Ms. Natasha Jacente. She is the Seaport Planning Manager for the Broward County's Port Everglades. She has over 10 years of experience overseeing the strategic long-term and specialized projects there at the port. She's active with the American Association of Port Authorities. She chairs the AAPA Planning and Research Working Group and is the vice chair of the Broward Metropolitan Transportation Organization for freight and on the Freight Advisory Committee. She has her bachelor's degree in public administration and a master's in economic <clears throat> I'm sorry, in environmental and urban systems, which she received from Florida International University College of Engineering. In 2004, she was awarded a PhD in public administration from Florida Atlantic University. She is also a three-year recipient of the Dwight D. Eisenhower Transportation Fellowship. So we would like to bring forward Ms. Natasha Jacente to introduce you to our speaker who will be giving us more insights and information about the port. So, Ms. Jacinta. Thank you so much. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Ms. McNeil and those who are um, joining us today. I have had the honor for the past two years of meeting you all in person and presenting to you with an overview of the master vision plan down in Miami. Not to mention the lunch was also pretty good also, but I was there for the presentation. <laughs> the good news is that the Brown County Board of County Commission we did unanimously approve the plan back in, 20, in June 2020. Our master plan is a roadmap to the future. We update the plan every two to three years. Essentially, we update it for two reasons. Number one is we have to, as required by the board, but also to ensure that our planning efforts are consistent with marketplace trends. The fun part of planning, which is one of the things that I love about my job, is that not only do you plan, we actually get to see it. So many of the construction projects, which Director Daniels will be talking about today, were included as part of the master vision plan. And also, a lot of the projects dated back to the original master plan in 2001. We are continuously in the process of transforming Port of Atlanta into the port of the future. So with that, it is my honor to introduce you to our Chief Executive and Port Director, Jonathan Daniels. Fun fact, he started his career as a college football coach. Jonathan Daniels comes to Port Everglades from the port of Gulfport, Mississippi, where he was the executive director from 2013 until 2020. In addition to his time at Gulfport, he gained valuable maritime experience as the executive director of the port of Oswego Authority in New York, managing director of the port of Greater Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and as port director of the East Port Port Authority in Maine. He earned a Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science, International Politics, and Foreign Affairs from the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina, and continued his education as the Maritime, as the Maine Maritime Academy in Cassie, Maine. Without further ado, please welcome our Chief Executive, Mr. Jonathan Daniels. Natasha, thank you, and certainly appreciate the opportunity to be here with you this afternoon for what is a billion-dollar luncheon. And while the lunch may be good, uh, and it may have been better down in Miami, the opportunity to talk about a billion-dollar-plus worth of projects that are going on at the port, uh, as well as what's coming into the future. It's really the reason why we're here uh, this afternoon. Doug, it's, uh, it's great to be able to hear you from the Florida Ports Council and hear kind of holistically 
uh, what's going on in ports throughout the throughout the state. It really sets the stage for what we're doing in at Fort Everglades, really in concert with the other ports uh, around the state of Florida. And, and while we do tend to be uh, at a competition mode every once in a while, ultimately we are a greater system uh, working towards economic development and job creation in the state of Florida. Aisha, hey, congratulations uh, on behalf of uh, Broward County and Port Everglades. Well deserved. Uh, it, it's wonderful uh, with what you've come through and the way in which you contribute to, uh, uh, to Jacksport and, and the Port of Jacksonville. And, and, and really, absolutely, congratulations to you. I'll make sure I talk to Eric and, uh, and, and sing your praises as, as well. Uh, so again, congratulations. Again, it's wonderful for me to, for, for me to be here this afternoon briefly with you today and talk a little bit about what's going on at the port. It's an exciting time. I've been here now about seven months. I've had the opportunity to come in just after the Master and Vision Plan uh, was approved uh, by the Commission this past June, but I've seen a significant amount of growth during this period of time. And even though we are going through a little bit of an issue now with the pandemic and COVID-19, the port has not slowed down. And in many respects, we've actually enhanced our construction program to be able to move uh, move our enhancements and move the development of the ports uh, forward. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, today. Talk to you about projects that are ongoing, some that are recently completed, and set the stage as well for projects that are going to be available uh, for contracting opportunities in the, in the future. And that's really where we get to the billion-dollar luncheon. Uh, talk about more than billion-dollar projects that are going on right now and set the stage for ultimately what will be more than a $3 billion capital campaign. Oh, and now we get the opportunity to, to get that. Again, sorry for the technical difficulties on the, on our side. Uh, Fort Everglades, quickly by the numbers, mm -hmm. so you understand uh, the type of operation that we have here. Uh, we are the number one seaport for exports in Florida with more than $12.2 billion. Uh, number one in refrigerated cargo, and we're going to be making an, an announcement in the next oh, few days uh, that's only going to increase the amount of refrigerated cargo and perishables that we have to go through the port. We're number one seaport in revenue uh, by revenue. Now, we have gone down a little bit, as all Florida supports uh, have recently, uh, especially those that rely so heavily on crews. Uh, but the fact that we have a three-legged stool with our crews, uh, with our energy market, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, with some of the developments occurring there, as well as our cargo operations, and a fourth leg to that stool, uh, and that is the real estate market. We're able to weather some of the downturn in the economy better than some of the other ports. Uh, we are now the number one energy port in Florida, and I have to say sorry, Tampa and Paul, my friend Paul Anderson, is that we did overtake Tampa this past year. Uh, but it, it's, again, it's friendly competition. It's making sure that we're bringing in the energy, we're bringing in the jet fuel, we're bringing in the petroleum products that are necessary to power uh, Florida's economy. We're number three container port in Florida. We are number three in the world when it comes to cruise passengers, and there will be a time when cruise uh, does return. We don't know exactly when that's going to be, but we'll, we will be ready and we're working hand in hand with, with the line to make sure that we are ready when, uh, when that time does come. Uh, we have number four foreign trade zone in the United States with $6.6 billion in total. Uh, actually, that goes back to calendar year uh, 2018. The transformation that is occurring, and we don't talk about that we are an expanding port. We talk about the fact that we are transforming a port, and many of these projects are generational uh, in nature. And it's through the planning efforts uh, of Natasha and her team to make sure that they're riding herd on that master and vision plan to make sure that we're meeting not only our capital objectives, but our timing objectives uh, moving forward. A couple of the projects that are ongoing right now and that we'll talk about today, the International Logistics Center, the additional berths 
uh, and part of the largest ever infrastructure project ever undertaken by the port. Uh, the new cranes and the viewshed has changed here, probably probably one of the coolest additions uh, to the port and one that is most visual. We're going to talk a little bit about the energy updates. And we've changed that a little bit, and that's been part of our planning process. We used to just stipulate it as a petroleum movement, but it's really the energy sector uh, that we are enhancing. So we've, we've moved forward on that with our branding activities. Talk about some of the cruise terminals and the development that's occurring there, the parking and the airport connection uh, that's going to be so vital uh, as, as we are truly a multimodal port. And that will include some, uh, some automated uh, people movers uh, into the future. Our International Logistics Center it was a public-private partnership with CenterPoint Properties. Total was 16.6 acres, and it is the home of our new foreign trade zone, uh, foreign trade zone 25, where that moved out of some old antiquated facilities across the street, across McIntosh, and you can see uh, several hundred thousand square feet of brand new warehouse uh, warehouse space. The first of two buildings is completely chock-a-block full uh, right now, International Warehouse Services, IWS. Uh, they moved from their old site over to the, uh, to the International Logistics Center. And we do know that the second building right now uh, has some offers on the table that could put that entire uh, complex to use. Uh, the Southport Training Notch, we're going to lengthen by a total of 1,500 feet. But really, when you're talking about the, the southern portion, the western portion, northern portion, more than 2,400 feet of additional berth capacity, up to five new berths, depending on the size of the vessels that are tied up alongside, and more than $471 million in development. It's the single largest infrastructure project ever undertaken uh, by Port Everglades. You can take a look at a little bit of, about what's going on, uh, and there's a couple couple things I can point to. Certainly, what they're doing right now is you see the long stick excavators involved in the dredging out and the removal of, um, of the sands and hard materials and fines that are in place. Uh, you can also see the differentiation in the water, uh, the water color. Uh, you have a sheet pile system uh, that also has some plastic and rubber sheeting on there uh, that keeps the turbidity down from the existing ICW and the existing turning notch uh, with the work that is, is going on. That's part of our environmental mitigation and management that was very, very proud of. Uh, looks a little bit interesting, looks like, almost like some Caribbean blue waters, uh, but that's actually caused by the turbidity associated with the movement and suspension uh, of the materials. We're about 70% done. Uh, in total, we'll take about 2.1 million cubic yards of material, be able to get that out. We're going to take that down to about 44 feet, and then part of the program I'll talk about in a few minutes uh, with the dredging, you're going to see an additional, we're going to go from 44 feet down to 48 feet, uh, and then with some overcut up to 50 feet in certain areas of our channel. Uh, the turning notch was only part of the project as we have crane rail infrastructure, everything, everything from a new switchgear building, uh, new administrative space, storage space for some of the material down in Southport. But in order to be able to support the new cranes, uh, the new cranes are 120 foot gauge. We had to add additional rail infrastructure, drive the piles, put the rail in that's going to allow the, uh, the opportunity for the cranes uh, to be able to move the, the full length of berth 30, uh, 31 and 32. And there's, uh, there you see them. Uh, I did receive a little bit uh, of, of, of backlash when they arrived. Someone pointed out to the fact that they were painted Florida, uh, the University of Florida Gators colors. Uh, I had nothing to do with that. The selection of the colors was done uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, I do have to say it's not Florida colors, it's actually Broward County colors. Uh, but I did have a Florida State grad contact me and say, why were they not painted uh, 
with the difference regarding some goals. Uh, I think we'll work on that the next time because these are the first three of what ultimately will be in the order of six. Uh, we have the opportunity and that was part of something that was negotiated as part of the contract a few years ago. Uh, we received the first three and within six months after substantial completion of the last one, we have the opportunity to order three more and we do feel that we will be affecting that order uh, within the next several months. Recently completed project, the Heron parking garage, $120 million, what I would call one of the most technologically advanced parking garages ever built uh, in the United States, maybe in the world. Everything from the utilization of alternative energy. Up on top, you have solar panels. You have touchless uh, parking management systems. Uh, it truly is a state-of-the-art parking structure. Also, you can connect with from this garage up over uh, cruise terminal four, uh, utilize an automated uh, people mover, some moving walkways, and it gets you down to a series of uh, elevators uh, down to the ground floor and get you over uh, Terminal 4 over to Terminal 2, uh, which is a carnival terminal. Absolutely fantastic to be able to have this uh, finally done. We can't wait to put it uh, into uh, into use. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the projects that we have uh, that will be, that will be uh, in place and underway in the next few years. The deepening and widening project, more than $500 million, both federally and locally funded project, which can allow us the opportunity within our main channels to go 48 feet control depth with 50 feet with the overcut. The outer entrance channel up on the upper right-hand corner uh, will be at about 55 feet, and then it gets a little bit shallower. Uh, it's, it's truly a, a great project. Uh, there's a lot of different components associated with it. We did receive our new start designation in 2020. Uh, and not only will this involve uh, activities associated with dredging, and widening, and deepening, uh, but also some modifications and some work that will be done around uh, around the Coast Guard station. And that leads into a brand new project that will go out to bid sometime in mid-2022. A uh, total of a $40 million project, 29, about a little bit more than $29 million of that is federally funded. The remainder will be from the local uh, portion, and that will be coming from Broward County and, uh, and Fort Everglades. It will allow us the opportunity to widen the channel by an additional 250 feet, uh, and there will be some excavations and allow us the opportunity to move the entire Coast Guard station uh, about another 250 feet uh, to, uh, to the east. It's going to take away a very tight uh, location within the widening section uh, of, the, of the channel and allow us the opportunity not only to accommodate some of the wider and larger vessels that are coming in, but also to be able to have cruise ships simultaneously uh, in the area that uh, that is the intercoastal waterway. Uh, energy, I talked a little bit about energy. We have uh, more than $100 million project uh, that will be undertaken, $83 million just in a widening of what we call slip one. That will allow us the opportunity to bring in two Aframax vessels, two much larger than currently called, uh, the port, they're between 80 and 120,000 deadweight tons. Again, extremely large vessels. Uh, if you are driving through or flying into or out of, uh, of South Florida, you are going to utilize a product uh, that has flowed through the pipeline to Port Everglades. Uh, the jet fuel, the diesel, the gasoline, uh, and other petroleum-based products that are necessary to drive the economy of South Florida. Uh, so within that, it's incumbent upon us to be able to expand upon that, uh, our offerings. And within that, it will be a public-private partnership. A significant amount of money is being put in uh, by the energy sector, and that's going to be matched against dollars, public dollars, in order to be able to have a state-of-the-art uh, petroleum handling complex 
Part of that is the SWIFT-1 energy expansion. You can see within that picture, brand new rack systems. Old pipelines underground are going to be replaced with above ground uh, rack systems uh, and piping systems environmentally. It's gonna be much better. If there does happen to be an issue, we can get to it immediately uh, and we can actually control that uh, in a much more efficient, much more environmentally uh, friendly uh, fashion. Cruise transformation. We're the third largest cruise port uh, in the world, and we're seeking to be number one. In order to be able to do that, we must be able to transform how we handle and how many cruise ships and passengers we can handle uh, on a daily and on an annual basis. We're close to 4 million right now, uh, and if it wasn't for COVID, we would have passed 4 million uh, during the 2020 uh, calendar year, but we're still looking at being able to expand upon that, add additional docking facilities, uh, add additional terminals as well as parking garages. And that cruise transformation just down in our midport area is in excess of $500 million. We're still waiting for really the go ahead on that type of product. We need to be able to see that the cruise industry is, is returning and is returning in a healthy capacity. And that would allow us the opportunity to move forward on that. And then the hotel center and, uh, and convention center. Uh, there is set to be an 800 room Omni hotel. Uh, that would be at the Northport uh, location. You can see just a little bit uh, the aft end of, of a vessel, uh, and that's, uh, that's our terminal too, uh, and part of the uh, Princess Medallion Terminal. Uh, just an absolutely incredible uh, development that's outside the gates, but works in concert uh, with the development that's occurring uh, at Port Everglades. Uh, Broward County works uh, systematically and together. And what's awfully exciting about that, and I talked earlier about the automated people mover, the APM, and that will be an automated monorail system that connects uh, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport to an intermodal center, to the cruise terminals that are at the port, and ultimately to the convention center and to the hotel. Uh, so ultimately, if you fly in, uh, you don't need to utilize uh, rideshare, you don't need to utilize uh, anything at the rental car centers but you can ultimately access the convention center, the cruise center, as well as the hotel with an automated people mover. Uh, and that will be uh, engaged in the next phase uh, of our development, probably starting a little bit after 2024, 2025. Uh, and that's a project that will move, uh, that will move uh, very quickly. Now, how do you get involved? Again, I've talked about more than a billion dollars worth of projects that are currently ongoing, uh, more than a billion dollars worth of projects that will be moving forward. Uh, in the not too distant future. One of the ways that you can get involved in that is ultimately to get certified. And that's really pointing towards some of our small businesses uh, that are in the area. Uh, the county commission has really made it incumbent upon uh, county admin to do everything that we can to make sure that we get certified small businesses involved and active in, the, in a significant amount of our, our projects. Again, get involved. To get, cert to get involved, you get certified. As a certified small business, SBE, there ultimately are solicitations that are reserved just for, whether it's the entire solicitation or a significant component of that solicitation, just for small businesses. 109 projects, under 250,000 just last year, totaling more than $10 million. And then additionally, projects with small business opportunities that require at least 25% uh, SBE participation, and that's allocated by the county. Uh, now is the time to get certified. Uh, you can talk to the Office of, of of small business development uh, within the county. Call the port, talk to uh, Natasha. We can get you uh, involved and get you connected to the right people. Uh, and with that, thank you so much. It's been it's a pleasure for us to be able to show off a little bit and talk a little bit about what we're doing. 
most of the uh, presentations that we see today that have been done virtually is because of COVID, and it's all things COVID. Uh, we understand that COVID is there. It's part of our the development of a new strategic business plan so that we understand external forces associated with our master and vision plan, but it is not stopping the way that the port or the ports in the state of Florida uh, are moving forward. There are a lot of opportunities, a lot of contracting opportunities, and we look forward to being able to work with you to take advantage of those in the future. With that, appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.